Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here is your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. It's me, sort of your host, John Cutton, although we are bringing back maybe my new favorite host, uh, Mr. Joseph Greco today, uh, who had an amazing idea for a podcast today from some uh, you know, questions we've been getting from listeners and folks that we coach. And Joe, maybe you could frame out a little bit about kind of your idea for the podcast today. Sure, John. So, hey, everybody, it's great to be here this morning. Hope everyone is doing well. So, I had a great idea for a podcast this morning about really defining some of John's leadership quotes. You know, John says a, a lot of things from time to time, and I think it's really great um, to delve into some of them to see how they can not only be applicable uh, to your business, but to really understand some of the inner meaning behind the scenes um, of what these quotes actually mean. So, John, let's get into it. I'm excited to uh, to record this today. Yeah, no, happy to, Joe. It sounds like what I'm hearing you say is I say the same things over and over and over again. Uh, is that is that what I'm hearing you say? That's accurate. As you know, John, communication times 10, right? You really got to drill it in sometimes. And uh, I think some of these quotes are really great. And I think they have a really great, you know, underlying meaning that could really, uh, you know, sky help skyrocket some people's businesses throughout the year. So love it. So lead on, young man, lead on. Okay, great. So one of the things I always hear you say, John, and I know you, you know, you take this a lot from kind of Paul Latham and kind of how he runs his business there at Hayden Rock, um, vision, plan, desire. So let's get into that one as, as kind of our first quote there. Let's define what that means um, and how, you know, our listeners here can make that applicable to their businesses. Yeah, no, love to. And uh, you're right. I do say that one a lot. So I've talked about this, I think, on some of, you know, our past, not I think I know on some of our past episodes and uh, I want to give full credit uh, to Paul Latham. In fact, as I think about some of the things I say a lot as you go through them today, I think a lot of them are actually stolen from Paul, who, by the way, we should kind of have back on the show. Um, but Paul, uh, just as by, by way of background, um, brilliant business person, uh, you know, English guy, has an amazing accent that makes everything he says sound even smarter than it actually is, which I always uh, kind of tease him about. And he runs uh, a, part, a, a, a business called Hayden Rock Solutions and uh, the Elite Mastermind Group over at Elite Resource Team. Uh, along with Anton Anderson. And, you know, Paul is really, really good at making complex things simple. And, you know, as our listeners know, um, that's something that I really aspire to do, right, is how do you take really complex things uh, and make them simpler? So Paul's got this saying when he helps coach business owners on how to grow a business. And he loves to say, it doesn't matter what kind of business, whether it be a widget factory, whether it be a wealth management firm, whether it be a taco joint, doesn't matter. Um, he always says there's three ingredients for business success, right? Three ingredients for business success. And those three ingredients are vision, plan, as he would say it, and desire, right? And it sounds really simple. And I'd love to you know, kind of tell the story I spoke with Paul at a conference for probably 100, 150 
financial advisors and CPAs. This goes back probably four or five years ago, um, right after I uh, partnered up with Paul and, uh, and, and became a partner in, in a business that he founded. And I had heard him talk about vision, plan, and desire, and I had seen it in our kind of, you know, uh, literature and, you know, kind of the whole business setup was actually built around it, but not until I was in the audience listening to him speak, did it actually connect for me. Um, so, you know, vision, plan, and desire, vision uh, is really simple, right? Um, it's simple to say the word, not as simple to actually fully understand what it means. So what do I mean when I say that? We've talked about the EOS system or the entrepreneurial operating system. And one of the things that over the last probably six to eight weeks, I've done with a lot of leaders in my own organization and leaders that we've coached is I've asked them to take a stab at their own VTO, right? Their vision traction organizer, um, which is all you know, which is all part of the uh, the EOS system. And what I learned is when you ask someone to share what their 10 year vision is, they're absolutely terrible at it. They can't, Joe, can't think ahead. They can't think big enough. They aim way too small usually, and they really can't share it with any real detail or clarity. So what's interesting is one of, I think my strengths is vision. I'm always like, since I'm a little kid, always planning out the future and kind of thinking about what could be. And I think that's an, you know, a skill set that a lot of very successful people have. Um, they're able to kind of look ahead and go, where am I ultimately going? What I'm learning in my old age here is that most people don't have that skill set, right? So being able to take time when you think about the three ingredients of business success and really work on the business take alone time or maybe with a group and strategize and brainstorm and dream big, right? We've heard, we've also heard it called WIGS, right? Wildly, wildly, uh, what is it? Wildly audacious goals. That would be WAGS. I don't remember what it is. Really, what is it? Do you know what it is, Jeff? BHAG is big, hairy, audacious goal. I get, I, I did this on another podcast <laughs> recently. Man, what the heck is a WIG, a BHAG? Big, big vision. Let's just think about yes. those yes. Uh, from that perspective. But getting vision, right, I think is um, harder than people realize. And we just say the words, okay? Yep. On the plan part, and this is the one, Joe, that really clicked for me. So vision comes easy to me, okay? Um, it's what I'm good at. It's how I'm probably natural, naturally wired. So again, put yourself back in that room with Paul on stage talking about vision, plan, desire for the umpteenth time. But this time on stage, he said it a little differently, or maybe I was just listening a little bit better. Um, he explained what vision was. And then as he said, plan, right, in an English accent, he said, I want you to write this down, everybody. And he said, right plans, W-R-I-T-E, right plans. And it clicked for me because one of the things, Joe, that I was always, as you know, being around me for a long time, frustrated with is I cast vision and I'd have you know team meetings and I'd say, here's where we're going. This is what it looks like. This is 
you know, what, what, how we're going to help our clients and how all of you in the organization are going to get what you want for yourself. And people would nod their head and agree, right? But nothing would actually change. So what I learned from Paul is that you need to actually write it down. And he went a little deeper, right? In this room with 100 to 150 financial advisors and CPAs. And he said, it's really simple. Write down four to six KPIs, key performance indicators that are leading indicators, not lagging, right? Leading indicators. So what's a lead indicator? If you do the activity, the likelihood of the event occurring is high. What's a lagging indicator? It's binary. Did it happen or did it not? And then ultimately, by writing those down, what I learned from Paul was the vision that I had had steps of how to actually get there in my brain. When the receiver of the message, my followers, the people who worked inside of my organization heard the vision, they, they were compelled by the vision, but they had absolutely no idea the step-by-step -step process that needed to be taken to get there. So Paul has this saying, which I've stole from Paul as well. He calls it painting by numbers. If you remember the old paintings that you would get, they probably still exist, where, you know, every number one on the picture of the snowman, as an example, was white, right? And then every number two was black, which would be the nose. And then number three would be orange, which would, I'm sorry, orange would be the nose. You get what I mean. Black would be the buttons. Um, but if you, if you make things painting by numbers and you give the, the followers the ability to understand if I just do these four or six things, we'll make progress towards the goal. It'll be clear. So I just want to hit that. I know I'm going probably, you know, a little deeper than I need to here. But man, for years, like like listeners, for probably 22, 23 years of being in business for myself, I was frustrated and I never wrote things down. Okay. Once I started to write things down, all of a sudden, what I realized, it wasn't that my followers weren't connected to my vision because I casted a really compelling vision. Um, it was that they didn't actually know what to do, and I didn't make it clear enough. And then, Joe, the last step of the process is desire, right? Accountability, right? Whatever you want to call it. So um, if you don't actually have the desire, and the desire doesn't mean this burning desire, right, which is a little misleading in these words, like you got to wake up every day and be willing to run through a wall to achieve your goals. I mean, that's great when you have people like that. But what Paul means when he says this, more of an English word, maybe, uh, when he thinks about desire, he thinks about accountability. And he thinks about once you understand the vision and you've created these four to six leading indicators, these KPIs, right? If you don't actually track all of your followers or your own progress, right, towards these leading indicators, these KPIs, what this plan is, then the likelihood of achieving success is super low. So what's really, really, really interesting, to me at least, is I met Paul five years ago, and I started to just on everything in the business, I just, we call it VPD, right? Vision, plan, desire. I just started, that. I created a little sheet, right? And so we could share that sheet as well, which was just a VPD sheet. And didn't matter what it was, whether it was building partnerships with CPAs, whether it was the client experience, 
whether it was, you know, how to, you know, change the, the printer cartridge. It didn't matter what it was. Um, they still do have printer cartridges, right, Joe? Is that right? Yes, I believe they do. Yes. Okay, thank you. Yes, not very uh, technologically uh, adept these days. But we turned everything into, as Paul would call it, a process, not a process, but a process. Um, and that ultimately helped us change the way we execute inside of the organization. And I can't help but believe that the largest growth that I've had in my entire business life has occurred over the last five years. And I think it's this one building block, which is why I think it was a great one for you to start with, Joe, that really changed the way I help lead others. And I want to be really clear on this. Um, I, as a person, as a business owner, as a leader, didn't need vision, plan, and desire, this methodology of three ingredients of business success, to lead myself. I had my own vision. I had the self-discipline and knew what the four to six things were and had the desire, right, to hold myself accountable to do that most of the time, which is how I built a business for, you know, my, the first 23 years of my life or my, my business career. I was not very good at leading others to help bring my vision to life. And this is where this helped. And I didn't exactly put this together, Joe, until I said some of the words out loud. Now, what's interesting is vision plan desire is an amazing concept, right? It's the same principles as EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, right? right? EOS is about having a vision, doing the VTO, having a three-year plan, understanding your core values, and then breaking it down to quarterly rocks and doing an IDS, right, weekly meeting for accountability. And it's binary. Did you do the rock? Did you not do the rock? And giving everyone on the team, I think it's three to five, or in some cases, it's more rocks depending on the person's ability to handle rocks. So it's the same thing. For me, I learned this from Paul, and then the next level was being able to integrate it through EOS, which I think was just a more scalable way to do it because there's a whole process and there's a book and there's tools and things along those lines that I didn't need to create on my own. So with all that being said, I think using using vision plan desire could be a great way to start um, right this change as you're starting to think about how to actually use the EOS system in your business. So I probably went, you know, uh, an inch deep and I'm sorry, an inch wide uh, and a mile deep on that one little thing, Joe, but man, I can't, I can't impress enough to my listeners. If it's sinking in what I'm saying, uh, and I really sincerely hope that it is, I think if you are self-aware and you look at that and you go, man, you know, you know, it's, it's always the leader in the organization, right? So are you actually communicating in a way? Are you actually building a process so that your team can actually execute on your vision? Yeah, 
completely agree. I mean, it's a whole different game from leading yourself, right, to leading others, as I'm sure you know. And, uh, you know, to our listeners, think about it. I mean, do you know what your financial planning assistant is doing every day, right, or your assistant, right, for that matter? Um, you know, so having a plan like this and really making it, um, you know, available to everybody and communicating at a high level, I think it can only help your business, right, and really help them really understand what your goals are, right, so they can achieve their personal goals. So really well yeah. said, and I love that. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's true. What you say is true. And like that, that was the learning um, that I really had, which was, man, it was frustrating, right? And, you know, you think that what you're saying is just easy to understand, because you forget, you think about it all the time. And when you then deliver your vision to somebody else, they, they don't think about it all the time. It's not necessarily their business. They don't know where you want to go. And we expect people to ultimately, right, become mind readers. And as a leader, if you can give someone, I go back to painting by numbers, right? A step-by-step -step process and just go, these are the four to six things that I need you to do. And I'll help, you know, make sure that we define what those things are, because it'll lead us in the direction we want to go. And then we'll track it. Um, you know, the desire portion of it on a weekly basis, um, you never really get your, right, the ability to go off track. Just like if you gave me um, a picture of a snowman, go back to my example, and you didn't give me the colors, evidently I'd make a black nose, right? Uh, that carrot would be black because no one told me exactly what to do because I allowed, right? I allowed discretion at the operating level, which uh, which might be another great thing. I don't know if that's on your list, but we could talk a little bit about that one too. Yeah, absolutely. So that was great. Let's go into our next question here, a quote. So what's your story? Really define this, John. So let us know and let our listeners know what this means. So what's your story? Hey, Quantum Growth for Financial Advisor listeners. One ask of all of you, as you know, we do these simply to help all of you grow your businesses and grow your practices, become better leaders, better advisors, more valuable to your community. Share this with a friend, give us five stars, make a comment. Uh, we'd love to get more and more listeners. The world of abundance is out there, so don't be shy to share it with other financial advisors in the industry. Thank you, as always. So um, what's your story is not the elevator pitch. It's not mean, like, what are you up to? What's your story, man? Why, why can't you figure this out? What's your story, the way I mean it, is actually what is the story you tell yourself? what is your mindset, right? So when I say, what's your story? It's usually in reaction to someone telling me you can't, or I should say they can't, or I don't understand what they're saying, or um, it's impossible, or, right, you know, this is not part of my role, or I'm worth more money, or whatever it may be. So I try to use it as a catchy little phrase to help people build self-awareness, right? And this is a la, you know, uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck, great book, 
Ray Kelly from Think to Perform, Doug Lennick from Think to Perform, others that I've learned it from. But when you think about what's your story, what I want our listeners to do is to just think right now to play the freeze game, right, with themselves, to take a, take a second and to just think about your thinking. And this could either apply to you, and my gut check is in most cases, it will actually apply to our listeners because even most of our listeners, no disrespect, because I include myself in this camp at times, mindset is not, I'm going to say, proper to win, to grow, to have the abundance mentality, so on, et cetera. So you can also think about it as to why do people do what they do? Does that make sense? So from a self-awareness perspective, um, it can help you think about why you do what you do and why you behave the way that you behave, but it can also help you better relate to your followers to actually understand why they do what they do. And if you can understand why they do what they do and unpack that a little bit, your chances of actually helping them change will go up tenfold, right? Maybe more than tenfold. Um, and this is where, Joe, our kind of whole leadership structure and kind of helping understand the Woody Woofy process, what do you want for yourself, what our employees and business partners' core values are, and kind of going through this on an annual basis is a way as a leader to kind of get inside of the mindset of the folks that you lead, right? So take it either way um, as a listener, is it your mindset that we that you wanna focus in on or is it your, you know, the people that you lead if you're leading people's mindset? But I had it explained to me once, Joe, and it was super, uh, super helpful, right? And the way it was explained to me is the average human has, I'm not going to butcher another statistic on this podcast, but tens of thousands could even be hundreds of thousands of thoughts per day. I forget how many, but let's just say it's a ton of thoughts and something like, again, made up statistic, but directionally right, 95% of the thoughts every day are the same right so just right so just just think about that for a minute that is what makes up your mindset the thing you think the same things over and over i'm too short i'm too tall i'm too fat i'm not smart enough i don't come from that level of wealth i'm not a leader right i'm better than that person i'm not as good as that person i'm not worthy i come from a family of dysfunction um, you know, there's so many different, different thoughts that go through your mind and they're subconscious. You can't keep track of tens of thousands of thoughts and know what you're actually thinking. Right. And ultimately the way it was described to me is one of the most difficult things to ever, um, change is actually your mindset because that's ultimately ingrained and habitual because you've been conditioned to think that way over and over and over again. So 
if you think about it this way, your brain is different than your mind. Okay. Most of us think it's the same. We think our brain and our mind are the same thing. The, the brain is pre-wired from ancestral times to really do one thing, keep you alive. Make sure your organs are running. Make sure that you understand if there's something that can you know, create damage or harm or death, right? That you need to protect yourself. So when you start to think about what is comfortable, is it more comfortable to do habitual things or is it more comfortable to do different things? Right. And that's why we say a lot in our business show, which is another saying we could talk about comfort or discomfort. And we say, right, you, you know, if you had to choose between two, which would you choose? And everybody always chooses which one, Joe, is it comfort or discomfort? Comfort, right? I mean, right. why wouldn't you want to be comfortable? Of course. Yeah. And then we ask the question, okay, well, I get it. I'd rather be comfortable too. Would you rather choose growth or being uncomfortable? What would well, you choose? I obviously want to choose growth, but as you know, John, growth comes with discomfort, right? So you can't have one without the other. So yep, and and, and exactly right. You can't have one without out the other. And most most folks will choose discomfort in order to get growth verbally, right? But then don't have the skill set to change habits right. because they're pre-wired to keep choosing being comfortable. Now, why? Because your body, your brain is pre-wired to not change things. Keep it in homeostasis. Don't get overly stressed. Don't get uncomfortable because that's, you know, that's what where our brain is wired to do. So if you think about it this way, right, the brain is an instrument. The mindset is the tool that you use to play the instrument, right? So if you think about, um, you know, a guitar and a pick, just as an example, right, the guitar is capable of amazing things. You could make that thing just like your brain make unbelievable music, right? I mean, you, we, we've heard unbelievable musicians, right, do unbelievable things with a guitar or a drum set or a violin or you name it, right? But to stick with uh, the guitar piece, the you know the actual musician who has the pick in his or her hand um, is actually in control of what that guitar does. Now I've never learned how to play the guitar, so if you gave me a pick and a guitar, I couldn't make beautiful music with it. Okay. Now most people have not learned how to control their mindset because they're playing the same story, like what's your story over and over and over again. So therefore they don't understand the skill set of how to actually control their brain and make it work for them to create new habits. And we get stuck in this. This is where we start to say we're unlucky and then successful people say, well, you make your own luck, right? Um, and when you when you actually just put it all together, Joe, um, you know, and again, I'm I'm studying this stuff ongoing. I, I find it fascinating, right? That man, the more self aware I am, and the more I think about my thinking, and I think about my mindset, and can control it, and learn systems to control the mindset, um, the more I can accomplish. When, and again, it's not just business, Joe. It's it's relational. It's 
health and fitness goals, right? It's time off, it's decisions with investments and money, right? It's it's everything. It's literally, right? Are you a learner or are you a knower, right? It's it's how do you approach the world? So I went again, as usual, a little deeper there than I probably meant to. And I know we're just about out of time here, Joe, but what's your story, right, to me, um, is a combination of something you should ask yourself over and over again, right, which is, what am I telling myself? And that's where the freeze game comes in, okay? You get, you know, you're in a room, Joe. I love examples like this, okay? And, uh, you know, the... Uh, the instructor of the class or of the business meeting or of your classroom or your team or whatever it may be, right, is about to call on somebody. Two different people in the room. Hope I'm called on. Please don't call on me. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't want to be embarrassed. What's what's the number one human fear we've learned from Ray Kelly is, do you know what it is, Joe? Public speaking, I think, actually, right? Yeah, feel, feel public speaking, the fear of looking foolish, right. particularly among your peers, right? Nobody wants to look foolish, but there's somebody in that room whose mindset is saying, call on me, I know the answer, call on me, I know the answer, call on me, call on me. And there's somebody in that room who's going, please do not call on me, I do not want to speak in front of this group, I do not know the answer, or I think I know the answer, but I'm not 100% sure, right? Yep. Um, and what they're really thinking about is I, I, they're thinking ahead, go back to how the brain's wired and going, I don't want to look foolish. That's scary. My body starts to sweat. I, maybe my leg starts to shake. I look down instead of making eye contact all because we don't want to look foolish. Now, if you play the freeze game and you say, man, what's the worst thing that happens if John Cutton asks me a question in a, a conference room and I just say the words, great question, Joe, but... I mean, John, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure of the answer. What really happens? Absolutely right? nothing. <laughs> nothing. Right. And maybe everybody respects you a little bit more and goes, man, that wasn't so bad. Maybe you become a leader in that room, right? Maybe people like I can, I can say that. Right. But if you think about people that, you know, and you put yourself in that situation, um, what I would say you know, again, made up statistic, I bet you 90% of the people are going, please don't call on me, please don't call on me, please don't call on me. Um, and I would bet the 10% who might be going, please call on me, please call on me, raising the hand, me, 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 um, may very well just have a different mindset around that learning experience and around how people in the room view them, right? Yeah. So, you know, Joe, I thought that was a really interesting dialogue. I know you want to do a couple more of these, uh, which I'm excited to do. And uh, I think you had a great idea here. So anything you want to add before we kind of wrap up? Yeah, I'll just say, I think, you know, addressing limiting beliefs, I think is really powerful. You know, as you know, right, when you have a limiting belief, that's where it ends, right? I can't do this, right? And then your mind moves on to something else. But, you know, I think once you challenge the opposite of that, I can do this, that question then becomes, how do I do this, right? And then you actually start to plan in your mind how you can actually hit that goal, whether it be 10 pounds. If you say, well, I can't lose 10 pounds, that's where it ends, right? And you're always not going to be in shape. But if you say, I can lose 10 pounds, then it kind of challenges your brain to say, how can I lose those 10 pounds, right? Maybe I should stop eating ice cream every other night, right? And then you almost kind of put that into, into practice and reality. And next thing you know, you may actually hit your goal. So I love that. I think that was great. 
Yeah, no, super well said. So uh, reminds me of two things, and then we really will wrap. So the first thing <laughs> it reminds me of is when I was a little kid, um, I I was you know I was played basketball. I was a decent basketball player actually, believe it or not. Um, but I went to uh, a basketball camp. And I believe it was Roly Massimino, which I could be wrong, but I think that's who it was. Um, and he was the Villanova basketball coach. And it was called the Yes, I Can Basketball Camp. That was literally the name of the basketball camp. It was Yes, I Can. Um, and I remember, again, I could have whose camp it was wrong. So I apologize if I do. But I can remember every single morning, every single huddle, every single you know time you wrap the day, the chant was, yes, I can. And I would go to that camp for two weeks of summer. And I can't help but believe that that and there were speeches about, yes, I can. And, and you know, this is... Now I'm 50, Joe. So this was, I was, I think I was 12 ish. Right. So uh, 38 years ago, right. There were, there were winners, coaches, right. That understood that mindset is everything. It might've been before the brain was studied and all the right, uh, the scientific uh, revelations, et cetera. And then the last thing I wanted to just comment on was you mentioned, right, the weight loss piece of things, right? And saying it's, you know, so as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, yeah, how many times have you heard people say, yeah, I just have a slow metabolism or, you know what, I'm big boned or, you know, my parents are all heavy set. It's just in the genes, et cetera. That becomes mindset. I mean, literally, and I have some of those qualities, like, you know what, I've str struggled getting my weight perfect all, you know, for these years, I'm always on a diet and trying the next thing. It's mindset. That's and, and, you know, when I change my mindset, and I'm at a little period of my life right now, where I just lost almost 40 pounds. Um, it's, it's, I can, I can, I can fix it. Does that make sense? Exactly. But what happens is the brain is hardwired to go back to those thoughts. And I'm becoming self-aware on this, that when then something in my life changes, a stress occurs or different set of circumstances, something super good, super bad, whatever it may be, you begin to change your mindset, right? And you go, you know what? Hey, I'm going on vacation. I'm entitled to you know, have a couple of drinks and eat, you know, pizza and bread and mashed potatoes and all the things that we love because I deserve a treat and I'm on vacation. Now, what's interesting is somebody whose mindset is not, I'm on a diet, I struggle with my weight, this has been a lifelong problem and I get a treat to go on vacation. There are people who go, I can't wait to go on vacation so I can eat clean, have more time to exercise uh, and get some sunlight. I equate my mindset as vacation with steak dinners and great bread and pasta, so on, et cetera. A, a guy or gal walking around with a six pack of abs probably has a different mindset, right? As it relates to vacation. So, you know, just as you said that, when you start to really think about this, it's go back to what's your story, tie it back in and put a bow on it. It's what do you tell yourself? Do you tell yourself I'm heavy and I need to lose weight? Or do you tell yourself I'm a healthy person who eats healthy because that's who I am? Or am I an overweight person, right? 
that struggles and will be challenged at every restaurant to make a good decision because I could order the grilled chicken and the steamed broccoli and the right dressing on the side or whatever it may be. But if my mindset is I deserve this, right, I'm going to uh, not have any choices on the menu. I'm going to hit the chicken parm and I'm going to hit it hard, Joe, just so you know, right? So anyway, why don't we uh, why don't we wrap there? But uh, I hope it resonates with our listeners. Um, again, I think for most of you, it will be um, probably correlated to yourself because very few of us, and I'm not saying none of our listeners, but very few of us completely control our mindset. Um, Carol Dweck's book is amazing. The whole thing to perform team is amazing. It's where I've learned a lot of this and some podcasts, et cetera. But if you start studying um, this type of stuff, it's how you create unbelievable change in your life, not just your business, but your life. Uh, and I highly recommend it. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope you all uh, enjoyed another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. If you yourself or anyone you know could be a good, interesting guest, shoot us a note and we'd love to see if we can get you on. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next week.